Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Actus Podcast, a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. I'm Linnea Archibald, the Associate Editorial Director for Actus, and I'm joined today by our Editor and Product Coordinator, Carla Accordo, and our Associate Editor, Jess Flugel. Today's show will provide a glimpse behind the scenes of all things Actus in a more casual, conversational format than our other podcast series, and it will also feature an interview with two of our Actus members involved with our association. Today's topic is CDI competencies and audits, and we're joined by Ella Elise, MSN RN CCDS, who's a CDI educator, and Joanne Mullins, DNP MSN RN CCDS, who's the CDI team lead and internal auditor, both at Tampa General in Florida. Ella has several years of nursing experience prior to becoming involved with CDI in the areas of medical surgical, oncology, and observation. During this time acquiring nursing experience, she served as a clinical leader, preceptor, and champion of several nursing pilot initiatives throughout the hospital. Since joining the CDI department, she has served in the role of preceptor and is currently the chairperson of her department's work group, where policy development, physician and provider education, and coder collaboration is the main focus to improve workflow and quality. In 2021, she was awarded Nurse of the Year for her department. Joanne is a registered nurse with a doctorate in nursing practice and a master's degree in nursing administration. She has 21 years of experience as a nurse, has held various management and director positions, and she has three years of experience with coding in the outpatient setting and five years of experience in the inpatient setting. She has been a lead and senior manager of a CDI department and currently serves as one of four leads at Tampa General Hospital with the role of internal auditor. Welcome to the show, Ella and Joanne. Before we jump into our conversation, just a quick reminder that the Actus podcast now offers 0.5 Actus CEUs for the first two days after airing. Those can be used toward your CCDS or your CCDSO recertification requirements. We'll share the instructions at the end of the show, so stay tuned for that. So thanks again for joining me today. I'm really excited to sit down to discuss competencies and audits with you both. Let's start with a bit of the why behind developing an auditing process or other methods of kind of measuring CDI competencies. Could you tell us a bit about why you think these practices are important for a CDI department? What would be the risk of maybe not having these types of processes in place? Well, hello, Linnea, and thank you for inviting Ella and I to be part of the podcast today. So I'm going to take your first question as to why an audit process should be developed. As you know, auditing is so important to a CDI department, and there are many facets to having an audit process. An audit process can aid in discovering both the individual CDI's level of proficiency and educational needs, as well as the overall departments. Audits can also reveal query compliance and identify system processes that may need changing for better outcomes. You know, we tend as managers to look at productivity and query rates, which is good, but a CDI audit focuses more on quality. When performing individual CDI audits, we evaluate for both strengths and areas for improvement. The feedback then becomes personalized and specific to the CDI's needs. 
audits can promote that individual professional growth, which is really helpful to new CDIs and also for, for seasoned CDIs. It can also support career ladder advancement if you have that opportunity within your department and develops a robust CDI team. The risk of not having a process in place could result in a lack of growth and development, which affects overall quality and performance of the department. It may also discourage confidence and motivation of the CDS, and education may not be tailored to fit personal needs. Ella, would you like to also expand on this? I would love to, Joanne. The practice of audits or other methods of measuring competencies are important for several reasons, as you mentioned. They provide a way for CDI departments to ensure staff are following established processes and standards and identify areas for improvement. As Joanne said, the risk of not having competencies can result in a lack of growth. However, by establishing these processes, we can reach our team beyond the metrics and measurements and can really focus on our team and promote professional development. This can lead us to identify and build on strengths and then provide targeted education, training, and support to help in those areas that may need improvement. Accurate and complete documentation is essential for high-quality patient care. By auditing and measuring competencies, the CDI department can help to ensure that patient care is accurately documented and our healthcare providers have access to this information when they need to make informed treatment decisions. That's great. Thank you both. That's a very comprehensive answer, which I always appreciate. And I especially love kind of the focus on the professional development piece um, that you mentioned, Joanne, at the beginning there. So now I know uh, when you and I spoke for the January, February edition of the journal, Ella, you had said that your competency testing process was still sort of in the development phase. So how have things changed since then? What sort of process do you have in place now? And then can you walk us through that? Who's in charge? How often does it happen? All that good stuff. Yes, Linnea, it was a great conversation. Thanks for having me again. And it really got our creative juices flowing regarding the development of our competency testing. At this time, we are still developing the competency area, but we're utilizing the audits to highlight areas of need for the department globally and building from there. Our process is evolving, but we do have a third party with competency assessments that we will likely leverage. We have a lot of growth and exciting change happening within our department. As far as who will be in charge, most likely will be me. It will fall under the education umbrella and we will refine from there and I will continue to work very closely with Joanne. Our current process is under construction, but Rome was not built in a day. However, we still believe incorporating this practice will not only assist our whole department and make us stronger, but it will benefit any new CDI that we bring on board. That's awesome. I, I'm so glad that our conversation back, I guess it was would have been in December when we talked, um, kind of sparked some some ideas for your department. That's always great to hear. And it was, of course, a pleasure talking to you for that article. And for our listeners, I will link to that article in the show notes for today's episode if you want to take a look at it. So let's talk a little bit about kind of the topic areas that you're monitoring staff's knowledge of. How did you decide that those were maybe kind of the correct areas to look at? Obviously, CDI is such a fast-changing industry. So do you think that you'll need to adjust those areas or expand them in the future at all? 
Yes, definitely. When deciding on the areas to focus our audit and education, we consider several factors, such as your common deficiencies, your areas that may need clinical validation. We thought about your low-weighted DRGs or even topics that are high risk for denials. We also focus on the basics as well because they can serve as a great staff morale booster and a quality assurance to ensure that we're following our established processes, guidelines, and even have a great grasp on the CDI 101 areas, so to speak. After we focus internally or on those known opportunity areas, we then focus on our organization priorities because that can help guide the focus of our audits and education, such as if there is a decreasing length of stay initiative or a quality mortality focus area. As you said, healthcare and CDI is a fast-changing industry, so adjusting our topics of audit, updating our competency focus areas will all be essential to keeping up in the industry and continuing our job of capturing accurate and complete documentation. By considering these factors and more, the CDI department also ensures that the areas we look deeper at, it covers the greatest importance and provides a comprehensive assessment of our department's performance. Well, thank you, Ella. And Ella, you have so nicely stated, we have several different types of focused audits internally. And then we also have audits that focus on our organizational priorities. So as the industry changes, our current practice of auditing will need to adapt to include those changes such as social determinants of health, risk adjustments, laterality, and so forth. So the way one audits will definitely need to expand. Absolutely. It's um, nothing in CDI ever stays the same. It's always changing. Um, so it makes sense that your auditing process will have to as well. So let's talk for a minute about sort of kind of the next steps in the competency or the auditing process. What is the information used for? Do you use it to guide your education efforts with your staff, either as a group or kind of as an individualized tool for education? And then what happens if maybe there are consistent trends showing that a staff member isn't performing well? Well, Linnea, the results of the individual CDS audits are used to provide specific feedback and education to that individual CDS. Now, the CDS and manager can track his or her own results based on the Excel spreadsheet we use as our tool. We score the CDS audit based on questions pertaining to the review. Because of the size of our department, each CDS is audited quarterly and can monitor his or her own progress from quarter to quarter. So if a specific trend is noted, I do share this with Ella, and then education becomes department-wide. On other types of audits, um, they also guide our educational efforts when trends or common areas for improvement are identified. Sometimes an audit may reveal a needed process change or even a query template revision. Yes, as Joanne said, specific education and feedback is provided to the individual CDS and that information is funneled into targeted education, whether it's individualized or globally for our department. Now, in the case a trend is identified that shows a particular area that we are consistently lacking, 
we do address it head on, whether globally or with one-on-one -on -one feedback. We continue to monitor and reassess periodically to ensure the desired improvements have been made. Joanne is really amazing in the area of tracking our trend and looking for that improvement, no matter how big or small. We work together as a team within the leadership level and our whole department. We continue to support, mentor, and if needed, we can use alternative steps if that course, but we found that providing the additional support and training really helps the individual improve and continue to succeed. The goal is always to provide the best possible support to our staff members and improve their inf performance and ensure that we are compliant and at the top of our CDI game. That's awesome. I love that you both have such kind of a, a collaborative approach between the two of you and also it sounds like with your entire team. That's really wonderful to hear. So in your experience, how have your staff members responded to this process? Do you feel like it's been a largely positive experience for them? Or have you had to overcome maybe some negative associations with being tested or audited? I know those can be scary words. <laughs> they can, and that is a great question. In my experience, I've seen a little bit of both. Having someone audit your work can be daunting. It is so important to stress that the audit is not punitive, but educational for the purpose of professional growth. Most people are receptive. Um, I do encourage one-on-one -on -one communication when I send feedback, and I have had some staff in my past tell me that they learned something from the audit process and could see how they have improved from the time we had first started. So I do feel it has been a largely positive experience. Now, as you know, CDI is ever-changing. Knowledge base is vast. I still learn something every day. I agree, Joanne. I learn something every day. I'm constantly challenged and looking for ways to improve my practice and also help my team. It is a great question, and it's common for individuals to have a negative association with those words. This may be a correlation of fear or even fear of failure. However, we do our best to alleviate these fears by communicating the importance, the purpose, and the benefits of an internal review or competency alike. This helps to reassure our staff that the process is designed to support our professional development and improve our practice. We have not had to personally overcome any negative association so far, but we work hard to promote collaboration, transparency, and honest feedback. It is also important that you create a supportive and non-punitive environment where our staff feel comfortable discussing any areas of weakness or working together to identify solutions. By fostering a positive attitude towards these processes, our CDI department can really help to build a culture of continuous improvement and ensure that staff are equipped with the knowledge and skills that they need to succeed. That's wonderful. And I think, like you said, having that view towards we're providing our staff with the, the skills that they need to succeed is a really valuable way to look at it and can make it a little less scary, even if it's still daunting at the beginning for your staff to hear, oh, you're going to be audited. It, taking that kind of educational approach is very beneficial to everybody in the long run. 
So as we start to kind of close out our conversation here, do you have any advice for those who are just starting to build, let's say an audit process, since I know you've got that up and running already, what considerations should they take into account to ensure the process serves their department's needs more effectively? Yes, for those looking to build an audit or competency process alike, my advice may be the same for both, but remember there are many ways that you can build these two out. I would first encourage them to determine the scope of the audit or competency assessment. Consider factors such as the topic areas that will be covered, the staff members who will be assessed, and the method of the assessment. This will help you define the purpose. For us, it's really about improving our practice, as we've said before, ensuring compliance and promoting professional development. If possible, I encourage that there's a collaboration with staff throughout the building process. By involving our staff in, an, in that environment, it helps to promote clear feedback on the results and the, pro, on the purpose of these new processes. As I mentioned earlier, fostering a positive attitude towards these two new things from the top down can really promote and create a supportive and non-punitive environment. Lastly, I think being open to continuously evaluating and redefining these processes to ensure that it's serving the department's current needs and goals can also effectively promote that continuous improvement. All of this and more can help a CDI department develop that effective and meaningful audit or competency assessment process that really serves to support the staff and our practice. I agree, Ella. It is important to know the proficiency of each CDI and invest in his or her professional growth. Now, this could begin with the individual CDS chart audits. Depending on the size of the department, the number of staff will help determine if the audits will be monthly or quarterly. I found having a set of criteria that I'm evaluating is helpful and maintains consistency. Now, this criteria is shared with the staff prior to beginning or initiating the chart audit for the first time. So they're aware of what's being um, looked at and audited. I also tend to look at several records, um, some with a query and some without a query for each CDS. Next would be to consider your organization, the areas that need improvement, what your data is telling you, to direct what other types of audits are necessary. I do recommend keeping a spreadsheet regarding your audits, the types of audits, the number of records reviewed, your findings, your interventions, and the outcomes, so you can track progress and make effective system changes, which impacts the overall quality of the department, and as Ella said, helps to refine our processes. Awesome. That's a really great place to end, I think. So thank you so much, Ella and Joanne. This has been such a helpful conversation. Unfortunately, we have run out of time for the discussion portion of today's show. As always, if our audience has any questions about this topic, you can feel free to email the ACTUS team at info at actus.org. We will also put that email address in today's show notes, which are available on the show page at actus.org and in your podcast app so that you can grab it from there. Now it's time for the Actus Update, a regular segment featuring the latest news on what's going on inside the association. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm joined by two of my colleagues, Carla and Jess, for our special edition of the Actus podcast. I feel like I say this constantly, but there really is a lot going on around here at Actus. 
always, but also right now. Um, we are only 54 days away from the Actus National Conference opening reception on May 8th, which means that we are 53 days away from the return of the in-person Actus Symposium outpatient CDI event, which takes place immediately before the National Conference on May 7th and 8th. And even though that's in May, the conference sort of marks the culmination of our year here at Actus. We start planning these events well over a year in advance. And I know I speak for all of us when I say that we are really thrilled to see you all in person and see the planning all come to fruition. Carla, I know you have been busily working on poster presentations, the awards, the physician advisor pre-conference event, and some new and updated products that we'll have at the Actus booth this year. Can you share a bit about what you're excited for and what you've been working on? Yeah, of course. Um, but I'm not sure how much time you have. because That's a lot of ground to cover. I am fully immersed in the Actus Conference these days. And as we recently discovered in a meeting, I can more readily tell you how many weeks until the Actus Conference than my own wedding. As if life isn't uh, exciting enough, they both happen to be quite close. Um, This year at the conference, I'll be calling the exhibit hall my second home. I've had the pleasure of working with all of our lovely poster creators. We'll have more than 20 posters displayed in the exhibit hall this year, covering a wide variety of topics, including query compliance, COVID-19, malnutrition documentation, PSIs and hacks, and remote work, just to name a few. So if you'll be at the Actus Conference, posters will be available for viewing during all exhibit hall breaks, and poster creators will be available to answer questions and discuss their work during the first exhibit hall break on day two. I will also be making myself at home in the Actus booth, also known as the Actus Bookstore, so please do come and say hi. I've spent the past year or so working with our authors to produce some really exciting new books for this conference. Some of these include new editions of the CCDS exam study guide, the CDI specialist training guide, and the physician documentation integrity pocket card, as well as updates to the Actus pocket guides. As a side note, um, I will be joined by Sharm Brody, who reviewed the physician documentation integrity pocket cards to update them for this year in an upcoming podcast episode about CDI and physician collaboration. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. Sharm is always a fantastic guest co-host, and I can't wait for our conversation. If you are going to the conference, I also want to encourage you to attend the presentation of the Actus Achievement Awards, which will take place on the morning of our first day. If you won't be at the conference, stay tuned for coverage of the awards recipients on the Actus website and in CDI Strategies. The events committee recently selected the recipients of these awards, and I'm so excited to be able to recognize all their efforts in May. We truly had an incredible pool of nominees this year, and there was no easy selections to be made. So a special thank you to the events committee for their input, and to each of you who took the time to nominate a peer. We thoroughly enjoyed reading all of your nominations, all of the kind words you had to say about your peers in the industry. It's one of my favorite parts of the conference every year. So very excited for that. And if you're listening and you're a physician advisor interested in education specifically for you, or if you just want to know where you where else you can find me at Actus, I do want to mention that our pre-conference, the physician advisor's role in CDI, will take place immediately before the 2023 conference in the same hotel. It has two days of education specifically for those in a physician advisor role. I worked with all of the speakers this year, and it's really a group you don't want to miss. 
They come from a wide variety of organizations and backgrounds, and topics range from your 101 foundational style courses to discussing metrics, denials, educating other physicians, mortality, HCCs, and so much more. So if you're a physician that's involved with CDI and you're looking to network with other physicians in CDI and expand your knowledge base, I definitely would encourage you to use the link in today's show notes to learn more about our pre-conference. All right, Linnea, that's probably enough from me. People are going to get tired of my voice. I know I am. So I'm going to pass it back to you. (laughs) Well, I never get tired of hearing about the conference because, I mean, like I said, it's really the center of our whole year here at Actus, and it's so much fun. Like, if our listeners have never been to an in-person Actus conference, there's really nothing like it. We often say here that there's no party like an Actus party, and the biggest party that we have all year is the conference. So I really hope that we see lots of people there. I, I know I always enjoy seeing people in person for a change after, you know, 12 months of just seeing little boxes on the screen. So I'm looking forward to it. And that's not all that's been going on around Actus. I know while Carla has been busy with all that conference prep, Jess, I know that just a ton of your time has been taken up working with our Furthering Education Committee to select our 2023 CDI scholarship recipients, which were just announced in CDI Strategies a couple weeks ago. So could you tell us a little about those recipients and what they were awarded? Yes. Woohoo! It's pretty exciting. The Furthering Education Committee, we had a lot of deliberating to do, especially at the end. Um, there were lots of great applicants to choose from, just just like the Achievement Awards, I suppose. We're just brimful of amazing people in the CDI profession. But everyone was really happy with the four recipients we landed on. And I think that's because they showed a real enthusiasm for the profession and especially for learning and sharing that knowledge that they learned uh, from the scholarships with their teams and organizations. So the first uh, introduction to CDI scholarship has been awarded to Glenda Boxkowitz, um, who was recently promoted as a CDI specialist supervisor after working in CDI for less than two years at InnovaCare Health in Orlando, Florida. She just got this role and she really wants to use this opportunity to supervise and train more CDI specialists and to have that knowledge base herself with the CDI apprenticeship program and the resources that she'll get with a year-long Actus membership. So we're really excited for her. And then the second professional development scholarship goes to Gilda Abaya, who works as a CDI specialist at Cohen's Children's Medical Center in New Hyde Park, New York. And one of her recommenders called her an early adapter of change initiatives who leverages her personal experience and knowledge to influence training and communication efforts. And I think that was just a great way of putting uh, what we saw throughout the whole application. She's just a person that loves to initiate change and education. Um, So her next goal, which was to uh, get her CCDS certification, is now possible. She'll be enrolling in the CCDS exam prep class online with this scholarship. So congratulations to her. Then the outpatient CDI scholarship goes to Chelsea Provot, who works as the lead program manager for coding and documentation education in surgical sciences at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, Tennessee. And one of her long-term goals that she wrote was that she wants to enhance the outpatient CDI process um, and engage faculty at her facility in the new opportunities possible with quality measures in her current role. So her attendance at the outpatient symposium um, will definitely help her in her goals to network more with the CDI community and improve 
the documentation of outpatient efforts. So that's the second to last. Here we go. The last scholarship, the Melissa Varnavis Scholarship, is going to Marnina Leal, who works as a CDI specialist at Premier Health System based in Dayton, Ohio. And she's been a CDI professional for the last nine years and an ACTUS member active in the local chapter in Ohio for nearly just as long. And she told us that since becoming a CIA specialist, it's been her dream essentially ever since to attend the Actus National Conference for the in-person education and all the networking that's possible. So we're really excited for her to be able to experience that and to meet her. It'll be great. So congratulations again to all four of these amazing uh, recipients. And then also thanks to all those who applied for an Actus scholarship this year. Um, I really encourage everyone who did apply to try again for this coming year. We'd, we'd love to to uh, see you again and hopefully um, be able to uh, award you in the future. But there were so many amazing applicants. So we really appreciate everyone who took the time to, to send those in. Thanks for sharing that, Jess. It's always just really nice to know beyond the name who is receiving the scholarship. So I appreciate you going into giving us a little bit of background on everyone. It's really exciting to see the, the professional development opportunities they're able, we're able to offer them. It's exciting to hear what they plan to do with it. I love hearing about their goals and hopefully how the scholarship is going to help them achieve their goals. So looking forward to meeting Marnina at the conference and hopefully seeing some other familiar faces as well. Yeah, me too. Yeah. The scholarship is just much like the achievement awards. It's one of my favorite things that we do within Actus. And I will say, um, Jess is not kidding when she says, please reapply if you applied this year and did not receive a scholarship. In fact, I believe that Marnina has applied in the past and did not receive a scholarship in the past. And this year was her year. So the timing may just not have been right for you. So really, I encourage you to to reapply next year. We would love to, to hear from you again. And of course, on top of all that excitement, our Actus members may have noticed that we also published a new edition of the journal at the beginning of the month. This newest edition is focused on expansion, growth, and opportunities in CDI. We know from our recent survey data that more than half of CDI programs plan to hire new staff this year. That staffing expansion is likely partly due to expansion in CDI scope and responsibilities. And really, after several years of the pandemic related stagnation is what I'm calling it, and even some some lost ground for many CDI teams. Seeing that rebound to the pre-pandemic levels of expansion, or even occasionally surpassing those pre-pandemic rates, has been really exciting for us here at Actus, and we're sure for many of our members in the field as well. All that growth, though, can be quite daunting. Um, and we do hope that the newest journal edition can help shine a light into into maybe some of the darker, scarier places of your latest expansion project and help you to avoid any missteps that you might take along the way. As with all of our journal editions, this was a labor of love, both for us here on the Actus team and also for our contributors. And our members can access it now, either using the link in today's show notes or under the publications tab on actus.org. 
And of course, if you ever want to weigh in on any sort of resources that we offer, both in the journal and throughout Actus as a whole, one of the best ways to share your opinion is through our annual membership survey, which is open now until March 31st. That survey is open to both members and non-members and seeks to solicit your feedback on what you value about your membership, what you wish we provided, how we can better serve and support your professional development, and more. We would really appreciate it if you would take a minute to fill that survey out before it closes. And as a token of our gratitude, anyone who completes the contact information at the end of that survey can be entered to win a free Actus prize. As with everything else we discussed today, I will put that note in today's show notes so you can grab it from there and fill that survey out and enter to win a prize. As a reminder before we close out, each Actus podcast episode now offers 0.5 Actus CEUs, which can be used towards recertifying your CCDS or CCDSO credential for those who listen to the show in the first two days from the time of posting. To receive your 0.5 CEUs, go to the show page on actus.org by clicking on the Actus podcast link under the resources tab and then clicking on today's episode from the list on that page. Then follow the instructions in the show notes for today's episode. Your certificate will be automatically emailed to you upon submitting the brief evaluation. The cutoff for today's episode CEU is Friday, March 17th at 11 p.m. Eastern. After that point, the CEU period will close and you will not be eligible for the 0.5 CEUs for this week's episode. If you were to listen to all of the episodes and claim all the CEUs for the podcast episodes this year, including our past episodes and the one from today, you'll have earned 13 free CEUs for the year. With that, we have reached the end of today's Actus podcast episode. We'll be back in two weeks on Wednesday, March 29th for our next show, which will be part of our Leadership with Linnea series. If you would like to receive reminders about each episode, make sure you're subscribed to our free weekly newsletter, CDI Strategies, which always includes a link to the new episode when it's available. You can listen to the show anytime on the Actus website or via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. All the links we discussed during today's episode will be available in the show notes on actus.org. And as always, we'd appreciate it if you would take a minute to leave us a five-star review on your podcast app to help others find our show. Our intro and outro music is Media Noche by Dion Key, and our ad music is Take Me Higher by Jazzar, both obtained from the free music archive. If you have suggestions for future guests or topics, please email us at info at actus.org. Until next time, take care, everyone.